Have you ever wondered why the Feast of the Presentation of the Blessed Virgin Mary is such an august and solemn occasion? And what can we learn as lay people about celebrating this feast? Well, stick around today as we dive into the Feast of the Presentation of the Blessed Virgin Mary. Greetings, listeners of the Latin Prayer Podcast, and welcome back for another episode. Your dedication to the podcast and, of course, praying the Rosary daily is truly appreciated. As we delve into today's content, I encourage you to check out the show notes for the daily Rosary links and share this podcast with your friends and family. Remember that Pope St. Pius X once said if there were one million families praying the Rosary every day, the entire world would be saved. Together, we can play our part in making that a reality. I do value your input, so feel free to share any questions or suggestions for future episodes via email at latinprayerpodcast at gmail.com. Your engagement matters immensely. Whether you're listening on YouTube, Spotify, or iTunes, hitting the like button and leaving a comment is the easiest free way for you to support the podcast. If you haven't already, please subscribe to us on YouTube and help us grow the Latin Prayer Podcast YouTube channel. If you also haven't already, please check out the Latin Prayer Podcast Patreon community. It's our goal to produce a higher caliber content on a more full-time basis, and I cannot do this without your help. By becoming a patron, you can play a pivotal role in taking the Latin Prayer podcast to new heights and shaping its future. We have four carefully crafted tiers, each offering unique benefits tailored to enhance your experience with more benefits to come. Your support directly contributes to the creation of meaningful content, and you have my promise to continue to improve your Patreon and podcast experience. Together, we can spread the beauty of traditional Latin prayers and customs of the Catholic Church. Thank you again for tuning in. Now let's get started with today's episode. Today's episode is brought to you in collaboration with fisheaters.com. They're doing some wonderful work. Tracy is an amazing person who's compiled a ton of resources about all things Catholic. So I've included a link to the page that we're going to be going through today in the show notes, along with a link to her Patreon page so that you can support her directly if you wish to. So let us begin with the presentation of the Blessed Virgin Mary. On November 21st, the Church recalls the presentation of the Blessed Virgin at the Temple, when Mary's parents, St. Anne and St. Joachim, took her to the Temple to devote her to God and His service, as recounted in the Proto-Evangelium of St. James. Quote, And unto the child her months were added, and the child became two years old. And Joachim said, Let us bring her up to the temple of the Lord, that we may pay the promise which we promised. Lest the Lord require it of us, and our gift become unacceptable. And Anna said, Let us wait until the third year, that the child may not long after her father or mother. And Saint Joachim said, Let us wait. And the child became three years old, and Joachim said, Call for the daughters of the Hebrews that are undefiled, and let them take every one a lamp, and let them be burning, that the child turn not backward, and her heart be taken captive away from the temple of the Lord. And they did so until they were gone up into the temple of the Lord. And the priest received her and kissed her, and blessed her, and said, The Lord hath magnified thy name among all generations, in thee, in the latter days, shall the Lord make manifest his redemption unto the children of Israel. And he made her to sit upon the third step of the altar. And the Lord put grace upon her, and she danced with her feet, 
and all the house of Israel loved her. End quote. The priest who received her was, according to the tradition, Zachary, the father of St. John the Baptist. The Gospel of the Nativity of Mary and Archbishop Jacobus de Vorain's 13th century golden legend both relate the tradition that she ascended the 15 steps to the temple unassisted from the latter, quote, And then when she had accomplished the time of three years and had left sucking, and there was about the temple, after the 15 psalms of degrees, 15 steps or degrees to ascend up to the temple, because the temple was high set, and nobody might go to the altar of sacrifices that was without but by the degrees. And then Our Lady was set on the lowest step, and mounted up without any help as she had been of perfect age, and when they had performed their offering, they left their daughter in the temple with the other virgins, and they returned into their place. And the Virgin Mary profited every day in all holiness, and was visited daily of angels, and had every day divine visions." End quote. Each of those 15 steps is related to one of the gradual psalms, Psalms 119 to 133 in the Vulgate and Duerines, Psalms 120 to 134 in Bibles with Masoretic numbering, also known as the Songs of Ascent, which St. Athanasius recommends when you are pressing forward or forgetting the things you've left behind. The Old Covenant Levite priests would pray these psalms as they ascended into the temple to make their sacrifices, and the faithful of the Old Covenant would pray them when going into Jerusalem for the three pilgrimage festivals, the feasts of Pesach, or Passover, Sakhuot, which is Pentecost, and Sukkot, which is tents. Before the changes made by Pope Pius X, they also formed part of the divine office, being prayed throughout Vespers and Compline. Perhaps Our Lady herself prayed a sort of divine office. The golden legend says, quote, Jerome saith that an epistle to Chromatius and Heliodorus, that the Blessed Virgin Mary had ordained this custom to herself, that from the morning unto the hour of Terce, she was in orison and prayer, and from Terce to Nons, she intended to her work, and from Nons she ceased not to pray. End quote. The figure of the Ark of the Covenant, which was hidden away by the prophet Jeremiah, is fulfilled in Our Lady, and the Ark is restored when she entered into the temple, as St. Germanus wrote, quote, Rejoice, most blessed Mary, the holiest of the holy ones, higher than the heavens, more glorious than the cherubim, and more honorable than the seraphim, more blessed than all of creation. You are the dove who bears the olive branch to us in your glorious and splendid entry into the temple, announcing a saving refuge from the spiritual deluge. The wings of a dove covered with silver, its pinions with green gold, struck by the lightning of the all-holy and illuminating spirit, the all-gold container who bore Christ, the manna, the sweetness of our souls. End quote. With St. John Damascene, quote, Let us dance in spirit with David. Today the ark of God is at rest. 
with Gabriel, the great archangel, let us exclaim, Hail, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Hail, inexhaustible ocean of grace. Hail, sole refuge in grief. Hail, cure of hearts. Hail, through whom death is expelled and life is installed. End quote. It is said that Mary remained in the temple until she was 12 years old. Customs Today, we not only commemorate Our Lady's presentation in the temple and her service to God, but also the cloistered life in general. It is customary today to pray for those who devoted their lives to praying for us, the religious, especially the contemplative religious. This prayer for religious vocations written by Pope Pius XII serves the cause beautifully. O Lord Jesus Christ, sublime model of all perfection, Thou art ever urging onward all privileged souls in their high aspiration towards the goal of religious life, and, moreover, Thou dost also strengthen them through the powerful force of Thy example and the efficacious influence of Thy grace, so that they may be able to follow Thee in such a noble way of life. Grant, then, that many, recognizing Thy sweet inspirations, may have the will to correspond with them by embracing the religious state and so enjoy it in thy special care and tender predilection. Grant in like manner that there may never be wanting those angels of thy charity who will represent thee day and night at the cradle of the orphan, at the bedside of the suffering, by the side of the aged and the sick, who perhaps have no one on earth to whom they may look for sympathy and a helping hand. Grant that humble schools, like lofty pulpits, may ever re-echo thy voice teaching the way to heaven and the duties proper to each one's state in life. May no land ever so wild and remote be deprived of the preaching of the gospel, whereby the invitation is extended to all peoples to enter into thy kingdom. Increase and multiply the flames which are to spread throughout the world, that fire in which the immaculate holiness of thy church is to shine forth in all its splendor. May there flourish in every place gardens of chosen souls who by contemplation and penance make reparation for the sins of men and invoke thy mercy upon them. Grant that the continuous self-sacrifice of these hearts, the snow-white purity of these souls, and their eminent virtues may keep ever alive the perfect example of the children of God, which thou didst will to make manifest to men, by thy coming into this world. To these armies of thy dearly beloved souls send a large number of good vocations, souls steadfast and firm in their resolve to make themselves worthy of their high calling and to become a credit to the holy institute to which they aspire by exact religious observance, by diligence and prayer, by constant mortification, and by the perfect conformity of their will with thine in all things. Enlighten, O Lord Jesus, many generous souls with the fiery glow of the Holy Spirit, who is substantial and eternal love, and by the powerful intercession of thy most dear Mother Mary, steer up and preserve in them the fire of thy love unto the glory of the Father and the same Holy Spirit, who together with thee live and reign forever and ever. Amen. Now there are other things that you can do to help bring about religious vocations and support traditional religious orders. 
For example, you may talk to your children, grandchildren, nieces, and nephews about possible religious or priestly vocations that they might have and make sure that they know about the religious or priestly life as a sound option for many. Perhaps we could learn about different religious orders and teach them to our children. There is an introductory page, The Religious Life, on the Fish Eaters website. Commits to making a holy hour for the sole purpose of invigorating the religious life. Devote your Friday penances or other penances for the good of those in religious life and for an increase in religious and priestly vocations, and invite your family to do the same. We could take our kids to visit traditional monasteries. We could teach our kids about saints who are members of religious orders. Indulge any interest your children might have in playing at being religious or priests. Buy or make them nun or monk costumes. We do this at home. Get them nun dolls or paper dolls. Buy or make for interested sons a toy mascot so that they can play at being priests. Our kids do this naturally. They'll find whatever they have in the home that imitates even slightly the vestments or the sacred vessels used at Mass, and they will recreate the Mass in the home. Show your children good movies that include nuns and brothers. For priestly vocations, encourage your sons to serve at the altar at Mass. For priestly vocations, invite your priest to dinner and holiday gatherings with your family. Know the priest's birthday and ask your children to send him a card and include his intentions and the welfare in your family's prayers. Always show him the appropriate amount of respect for his office and treat him as your true spiritual father. Adopt a traditional priestly fraternity to support if you're able to, or adopt a traditional religious order to financially support or send them gifts like Christmas cards, uh, etc. If you happen to be blessed with a significant amount of wealth, Remember traditional priestly societies and religious orders in your will. And of course, ask for intercession from the following saints. Alphonsus de Liguori, the patron of vocations. Saint Benedict and Teresa of Avila, the patrons of the religious. Saints Jean Vianney and Therese of Lisieux, patrons of priests. To learn more about the importance and purpose of the contemplative religious orders, Fish Eaters has a link to a PDF called The Mission of the Contemplative Orders linked on their website. Now, included in this page is a number of readings. One of them is a sermon on the presentation of Mary by St. Germanus, which I had mentioned previously. There are 20 stanzas to this reading, and I'm not going to read the entire thing for you. I think it could be its own episode but I would strongly encourage you to go onto the link that I've put into the show notes, which is the Fish Eaters webpage, and read through this just simply as a meditation on this wonderful day. I will read to you, however, the second included meditation slash reading, and this one is from Dom Prosper Guringer, The Liturgical Year, De Beate Virgine in Templum Recepta. Quote, The exceedingly pure temple of the Savior the inestimable sheep, the holy virgin, the sacred ark containing the treasure of divine majesty, is led today into the house of the Lord. Tither she brings the grace of the divine spirit, while the angels of God sing her praises, saying, Truly, she is the heavenly tabernacle. While I contemplate the grace of God's ineffable and sacred mysteries, revealed in its plentitude in this virgin, I am full of joy, and I cannot comprehend the wonderful and inexpressible way in which this chosen and immaculate virgin surpasses all creatures visible and invisible. 
desiring then to applaud her with joyful voice, my thoughts and words fail me, yet I dare to proclaim her praises and exalt her, for she is the heavenly tabernacle. The Creator, Author, and the Lord of all things, out of His incomprehensible mercy and compassion, bent down towards us, and seeing the creature He had made with His own hands fallen away, He in His pity deigned to restore it by a sublimer work than the creation. For he so good and merciful emptied himself, and in the mystery whereby he freely took on him our nature, he associated the Immaculate Virgin Mary with himself, and she is the heavenly tabernacle. The Word of God, our Redeemer, willing to show himself for our sake in the flesh, brought the Virgin into this world and honored the coming of that spotless one with new and stupendous gifts. For he gave her as the fruit and reward of prayer, and promised and announced her to Joachim and Anne. Her parents believed the word, and with joyful love they vowed to offer her to the Lord, for she is the heavenly tabernacle. The lovely virgin, being born according to the divine decree, her holy parents led her to the temple to fulfill their promise and give her to her creator. Anne, in her joy, thus cried out to the priest, Receive this child, lead her into the most secluded parts of the temple, surround her with all care, for she was given to me as the fruit of my prayers, and in the joy of my faith I promised to devote her to God, her Creator. She is the heavenly tabernacle. End quote. We will conclude with a sequence of this most holy and beautiful day. The wisdom of God, with inscrutable providence, disposeth all things rightly. Joachim and Anne are united in wedlock, but their union is sterile. With all the heart's affection, they together bind themselves by inviolable vow to the Lord, that if He deign to give them offspring, they without delay will consecrate it to Him forever in the temple. A bright angel appears and tells them their prayers are heard, and by the grace of the Most High King, a daughter shall be given them, full of grace. Holy even in her conception, she is born in a wondrous manner, yet in a way more wondrous still will she give birth, remaining a virgin, to the Son of the Most High Father, when He comes to freely cancel the guilt of the world. She is born then, that blessed virgin, and at the age of three years is presented in the temple, swift and erect adorned with her beautiful robe, she ascends the fifteen steps beneath her parents' gaze. The temple shines with a new glory when this august virgin is presented, there she is taught by God, is visited by the angels from heaven, and rejoices with them. When the chief priest bids the maidens of adult age prepare for marriage, the virgin at first refuses, for her parents have devoted her to God, and she herself has vowed to remain a virgin. God, being consulted, answers that the virgin shall take him for her spouse, whom a miraculous flower shall designate. Joseph, thus chosen, weds the maiden and leads her to his home. Then Gabriel assents to her, telling her how she is to become a mother. 
But the prudent virgin stands silent, pondering over the strangeness of the message. But when he explains how this shall be, she believes him, and thus by the Holy Spirit the word is conceived. And he, whom no space can contain, is concealed in the virgin's bosom. O peerless maiden, how dost thou surpass all praise in thy dazzling glory? Protect us now, that in our fatherland we may enjoy thy fruit, whereby thou art so honored. Amen. And there you have it, folks. What a beautiful day, a solemn day, a holy day. Let us take a moment today to honor our Blessed Mother as she was presented in the temple, the true Ark of the Covenant of whom the original Ark was simply a foreshadowing of what was to come, the Ark by which the Word of God was made flesh and dwelt among us. As is our custom, I'd like to conclude today's episode by praying for all of our Patreon members. We will pray one Our Father, one Hail Mary, one Glory Be in Latin for them, their family members, and their intentions. So join me now. In nomine Patris et Filii et Spiritus Sancti. Amen. Pater noster qui es in celi sanctificator nomen tuum, adveniat regnum tuum, fiat voluntas tua, sicut in cello et in terra. Panem nostrum quotidianum da nobis hodie, et dimite nobis debita nostra, sicut et nos dimitimus debitoribus nostris, et ne nos inducas in tentationem, sed liberanos a malo. Amen. Ave Maria, gratia plena Dominus tecum, Benedicta tu in mulieribus et benedictus fructus ventris tui, Iesus. Sancta Maria, Mater Dei, ora pro nobis peccatoribus nunc et in ora mortis nostre. Amen. Gloria Patri et Filio et Spiritui Sancto, sicuterat in principio et nunc et separet in secula seculorum. Amen. In nomine Patris et Filii et Spiritus Sancti. Amen. So thanks again for tuning in, and until our next episode, may God love you, and Our Lady keep you.